0: with Jason McIntyre.
1: What is up, Straight Fire fam? It's me, Jason McIntyre, Straight Fire, for Monday, August 1st. Hello, August. That means football training camps are underway. Preseason action is coming. The NBA goes on the shelf until chaos erupts, obviously. August, a month for vacations. I will be taking one soon. Not yet, soon. And... I don't know. It's getting hot out here in L.A., Rob G. I don't know how you handled the weekend, but all I know is Saturday we were poolside for like five hours. And when you have a couple drinks, a couple White Claws, of course, and you're in the sun for hours. Are you laughing at White Claws? A little bit. Okay. A little bit. And you're in the sun for hours. It just wears you down. Fell asleep early. Saturday night woke up. My kids had basketball games. We have some uh, relative in town. August is one of these hectic months. We are going to be on the go for three straight weeks. And oh, by the way, I'm still reading Warren Sharp's football preview. If you guys missed Friday's podcast, it was it was awesome. If you are excited for football, fantasy, all that stuff, gambling, obviously, you you got to really listen to that pod and obviously get into the Warren Sharp business. Also, we've had the football outsiders guy, Aaron Schatz, shots on. Um, you know, listen, it's football time. And we will do a little bit of baseball at the tail end of the podcast. MLB trade deadline, kind of a big deal with two humongous names on the on the block. Um, I do want to quickly jump in. I will be getting a medical procedure this week. It will not impact the podcast. I'm a little embarrassed to say what it is. Um, guys will know what I'm talking about. No, it's not that. Uh, but we'll, we'll talk about it later in the week. And um, so if I, if I go dark on social media for a while, uh, you know, don't be alarmed. I'm just... You know, recovering. And if I go dark on social media, I did not survive the procedure. But that's a little bleak to start the month of August. Rob, I got I got to say this: Deshaun Watson news that we're expected to hear at some point later this morning, perhaps later today, perhaps this evening. Finally, clarity. I I mean, this has been going on over. It's been over a year, right? By at least a year and a half, maybe. Rob. Oh. Something like that, yeah. I, I, I think the first I heard that it was serious was 2021. Uh, obviously, Watson was coming off the season of 2020 with the Texans, and he was unhappy, and he wanted out, and there was all that weirdness in the front office. By the way, there's been, like, crickets on the Houston Texans front office. They just had some shady characters doing some not great things, and Watson was like, get me out of here. The recruiting started. We know Miami was hot for him. And we also know Atlanta wanted him, Carolina, basically everybody desperate for a quarterback. And also, by the way, Rob and I just took a quick glance before the podcast at teams with starting quarterbacks in the NFL. And I think you're going to be surprised in a second when we talk about this is why Cleveland went all in for Deshaun Watson. Because you're about to hear some numbers that kind of staggering. 32 teams in the league. There are not even close to 25 true starters in the NFL not even close. Watson is one of them. And his suspension, if you are privy to inside information, I will say this is a potentially good gambling opportunity for you. Assuming the books leaving are leaving lines up about the Cleveland Browns Super Bowl odds, I saw on Sunday they were somewhere in the neighborhood of 40 to 1. Should Watson's suspension come out and it's like five games, a lot of people will be outraged and that's fine. You guys can take that angle. I will look at, oh my gosh, that's it? Five games? Holy cow, the Browns suddenly become serious problems in the AFC. Because if you look at their schedule, even with Jacoby Brissett under center, I could say pretty confidently, they're going to be favored against Carolina, my Jets, maybe a pick em against Pittsburgh. They're definitely going to be favored against the Falcons, the worst team in the league. So three of their first four, they will be favored even without Watson. They're not beating the Chargers. They're not beating the Patriots. They're not beating the Ravens, the Bengals. That's when it gets hard. So if for some reason this Watson suspension is only four games, and that feels light. I think you've got to look at Brown's Super Bowl odds and start just rethinking the playoff situation in the AFC. And Rob, that is not saying Watson should be suspended for four. I'm just saying, you know, from a gambling perspective or even like an outlook perspective or fantasy, you've got to take a look at, okay, If it's four, then this. If it's six, then this. If it's eight, I don't think the Browns are a playoff team. Because if you look at those four games after the first four, they're brutal. Jacoby Brissett is not getting by um, two really good defenses in the Chargers and Patriots and then two really good teams in the Ravens and Bengals. So four, six, eight. Now if you go ten, then you just can start writing off the Browns and they can start planning for next year. But this will have, you know, for better or worse, this is going to have a huge impact, Rob, on the AFC, and I would say the season, if he somehow gets a short suspension.
2: Absolutely. And this is something that we've kind of been bracing for, for I think like a month or two, is the idea that this was not going to be a lengthy suspension. We had heard that the NFL was pushing really hard for an indefinite suspension, at a minimum would be one season. So indefinite, (laughs) but a minimum one season. Albert Breer, friend of the show, was on last week, said very astutely on Twitter yesterday that the reason why they were so vocal and putting it out to anyone who would listen that they wanted a one-year suspension is because it looks like they're expecting this to be a short suspension, and they wanted the PR to be in their favor. They said, look, we understand these allegations are heinous. We understand what it looks like optic-wise. We understand that we can't be pro-women's rights and LGBTQ and all things like that and have one of the faces of the NFL get accused of, what, 20-plus women sexual assault allegations, and this guy gets three-game suspension. Like, that's just yeah. not jiving with what we're pushing. And so there's a reason why they wanted that. And, and now what we're seeing, and this is, looks like it's going to come down later today, is the NFLPA and Deshaun Watson's attorneys had a great case. Like, say what you want about him, and if you think he's a bad guy, and, and that's, that's fine. That's totally fair. However, when Roger Goodell comes out and says very publicly that our owners and our coaches and our executives are held to a higher standard than even the players, and yet you have Bob Kraft involved in an alleged you know prostitution sting in Jupiter, Florida, and nothing comes down from it? And, and not their, a damn thing. Yeah, and their argument was, well, hey, the charges were dropped. So, you know, obviously he was cleared in the court of law. Well, same thing happened the with Desha- for Watson, uh, for right? Deshaun Watson. Exactly. And when you paint yourself into a corner like that, this is what you're going to have to deal with. Because I don't think anybody, even the most staunch Deshaun Watson defenders, thinks he's truly innocent in all this. They know that he may or may not have done some unsavory things.
5: Yeah, That,
2: you know, that that he's not totally clean in this. But... When you have guys who, in the NFL's case, they set a precedent, and this is kind of what's going to come down from it.
1: Yeah, it's weird. I uh, The New York Times Daily podcast. I don't subscribe to many podcasts, but I do subscribe to that one. And the headlines lately have been kind of boring. I haven't listened to any. And then one day last week, up pops the New York Times Daily. The case against Deshaun Watson. The NFL's most explosive. Uh, and they tried to really hype it, and I'm like, what are they, what's going on here? It's weird, and you could even, I don't know if you guys listened to that pod ever, but when the the host was just like curious as to what was going on, like there's a lot of allegations, there's a lot of maybe this is really bad, it, like is it, it was just, it's a weird case all around, and that's why even after reading the stories, you're like, oh, you gotta give him a year. Remember there was that, that moment where it's like, oh, he's done for the year, for sure. And then it's like, well, Can we get some perspective? And you have to take a step back. Like, I even think the suspension against the receiver Calvin Ridley, a year for um, gambling, I thought that was insane. And uh, one of my buddies sent me a story by Seth Wickersham. I totally forgot about this, Rob. About Bill Belichick and cheating. And Seth Wickersham is of ESPN. So this was on ESPN like 15 years ago, 10 or 15. Um and it lays out the case that Bill Belichick was recording the opposing sidelines for years, years. That is straight up cheating in football. And he didn't get the book thrown at him. I mean, Spygate, I, for for whatever you guys want to say, Spygate and this story, and you should read it because in hindsight, you're like, oh, my gosh, he got nothing for this. And then the story lays out that Deflategate, with the deflating footballs uh, for the Colts game, was basically a little bit of payback to the Patriots for, um, you know, obviously destroying the Spygate tapes that, you know, the the NFL made them destroy the tapes. But also, like, that punishment felt light. And now, because, you know, the climate and the era, you know, Me Too, everybody wants a year for Watson. But again, if you step back and look at the history of the owners, as Rob said, and what their punishments are and the crimes, like, I don't know that a year fits the crime and crime has to be in air quotes because i think rob is there any criminal cases left
2: no i think there might be one no 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 criminal cases but he has one civil suit one or two civil suits left
1: so it's just it's one of those weird things where it's like how does the punishment fit the crime and then you get into that and then you say something dumb and people come after you so i'm gonna just walk away from that and just say listen listen from an interesting perspective, I think you really need to look at Watson and how it could impact the league. That being said, I, I want to talk about quarterbacks and we'll get to Debo Samuel's new deal in a second. Briefly touch on that.
0: You put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire rack has tires that will elevate your drive, touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all terrain tires for on and off road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Kumo, test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be.
5: The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe
2: to start listening
0: fox sports radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app search fsr to listen live
1: when rob and i were talking it's like boy no watson browns are going to be in some trouble the schedule is manageable well okay fair enough but then you look around the league and you're like okay well you know, how many true starting quarterbacks are there where you have confidence, this is my guy? Not just for the next one or two years, but this is my guy going forward. This is our franchise quarterback. How many of those guys are in the league? And if you look in the AFC, I counted 11. 11 quarterbacks that right now, you said, going forward, this is our guy for the next decade. Josh Allen, obviously. Joe Burrow. Deshaun Watson. Lamar Jackson. Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. Derek Carr, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson. Those are locks. And then the next tier, but still, this is my guy. I think Mac Jones' rookie year was good enough, combined with Belichick, that I think you have to say Mac Jones is their guy in New England. We'll see what happens in his sophomore year, but I think he's in that 11 of 16 in the AFC. I also think Matt Ryan, even though he's kind of done in Atlanta, he was not horrible. He has been a franchise guy. We've seen a guy like Phillip Rivers extend a career. We've seen Tom Brady playing at – he's turning 45 this week, guys. I think you can confidently say the Colts do not need to be looking for a quarterback with Matt Ryan out there. Would they love a young superstar? Of course. Who wouldn't? But they don't need to. I think Matt Ryan counts as a franchise guy. I put Trevor Lawrence in there despite his spotty uh, rookie year. It's Trevor Lawrence, one of the most hyped quarterbacks in the NFL in the last 15 years. The guy's super talented. He's not going to be a bust. You could put him in there confidently. Um, I, I, You know, 11 of 16. Now, I did not include my Jets. We don't know with Zach Wilson. That's that's fair. We don't know with Tua and don't say you know with Tua. They, went, they were looking all the time at Watson for an upgrade. They were looking all the time at, oh, how do we help out Tua? Oh, we got to get Tyreek Hill. Oh, well, let's get Teddy Bridgewater just in case. Like, who ain't the guy, Pittsburgh. I don't know if you guys saw this. Mitch Trubisky, Mitchell, sorry Mitchell, no longer Mitch. Taking all the first team reps. I, it's so funny. I was Rob and I were texting about this on Sunday, and I'm sitting there. I I biked down to get some ice cream with my daughter and her friend, and I'm on my phone and I'm looking and I'm looking at the Pro Football Focus stats from last year and I'm like, let me just see how Mitchell Trubisky did in some scenarios. And I'm on the Pro Football Focus website, and Trubisky's not coming up as one of the quarterbacks. And I'm like, wait, did he not have enough passes in Chicago? And then I was like, oh, my gosh. Trubisky wasn't even in Chicago. Mitch Trubisky was the backup to Josh Allen last year and had eight pass attempts. He had 10 dropbacks the entire season. He's now the starter in Pittsburgh. Two years ago in Chicago, he had nine starts. He had the injuries. And he benched as well. I think he was benched. He had 20 turnover plays in nine games. That's like Daniel Dimes-ish. He's bad, and he is your starting quarterback? That, that, it's gonna, not going to take long. I think by the month of September, you're going to hear chirping out of that defense. Like, listen, this, this guy's not going to cut it. Kenny Pickett ain't ready. Mason Rudolph is in year four, and he's not beating out Trubisky for the job. That's bad. That's very bad. Now, the one question, Rob, Ryan Tannehill. Okay, the only reason—I know he's been in the playoffs, what, three years in a row? I know a lot of people like to say, dude, Tannehill was not MVP discussion, but he was the quarterback of the number one seed last year. The argument against Tannehill, Rob, is the Titans are not committing to him long-term, and they drafted a quarterback in 2022. How can you say with any confidence he is your starter going forward? Like, I know he's the starter this year, this season, and week one, obviously. But Rob, I'm sorry, I don't have Ryan Tannehill as being a franchise quarterback on our list of who are real, legit starting quarterbacks.
2: Yeah, I mean, when we started talking, because we were texting about this on Sunday, but then we started talking before we started recording, and it's one thing to say that there aren't as many starting quarterbacks in the NFL as you'd expect. It's another thing to go down the list, yeah, and you see how many guys you're like, oh, gosh, like, yeah, there's maybe, what, a third of the NFL doesn't have a legitimate starting quarterback. And with Ryan Tannehill specifically, I think he's one of those guys where if you squint real hard, you feel really confident about him. Because in Tennessee, and I know that you're saying they're not committing to him long-term, and that's true, for what they need and for what their system requires, he's more than adequate. He he is a, a very solid starting NFL quarterback. Where you get into a weird situation is I think with All the other guys who you listed in the definite yes category, you know, besides like, you know, Mahomes, Rodgers, worse, clear cut, but even guys like, you know, Derek Carr is, could I, could I put them somewhere else and they could still be successful? I'm not saying their team's going to win the Super Bowl, but could they still be a good NFL quarterback? And with Ryan Tannehill, I know that it's not a fair comparison because in Miami, he had your boy Adam Gase calling the shots, but he was terrible in Miami. Like he was not good at all. And it took him going to Tennessee where they run the ball 300, 400 plus times a season. You know, they got the arguably the best running back in football. At the time they had one of the up and coming top young wide receivers and AJ Brown was no longer there. And you had the idea that, Hey, if he's in this kind of system where he doesn't need to put the game on his right shoulder and, and try to win it where it's like, Hey, we can lean on the running game. The defense is pretty solid. And if you can just be efficient we're going to win at a high clip. And that's what he was doing. Yeah. And so now that A.J. Brown's gone, you've talked about this a lot, Derrick Henry is obviously slowing down. You know, anytime you get to that level of carries in that short amount of time, it's unreasonable to expect you to keep it going. This could be one of those seasons where you find out really quickly whether or not yeah. he's got the stuff.
1: He ain't that dude. So 11 of 16 in the NFC are starters. I'm sorry, AFC. The NFC is bleak. This is bad. I'll go down the list of yeses in the NFC, and you'll agree. Dak Prescott, you know, they paid him. He's a franchise quarterback. He's good. Aaron Rodgers, obviously. Kirk Cousins, obviously. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Matt Stafford just won the Super Bowl. And Kyler Murray, 6 of 16. That's it. This is why, and we had it with Football Outsiders. We had it with Warren Sharp. If you want to bet overs this coming season, the NFC is where it's at. The NFC is much much weaker. There's so many bottom feeders that the best teams are going to just beat up on folks. Because I'm just saying, 6 of 16, I don't know if that's overly generous. Rob, the NFC East, just look at this. I know some people are like, Jalen Hurts, Jay, Come on. They went to the playoffs. Did you guys see Jalen Hurts against the Bucs? He could not operate the offense. They made the playoffs when he stopped throwing the football. Remember, they started out 3-6. and six. They stopped throwing. They said, let's ride the ground game in defense. Oh, and it worked. Ain't no way in hell anybody's telling me Carson Wentz. I think this is his third team in three years. He ain't that dude. Danny Dimes, we're just going to toss him out the window. Justin Fields, Jared Goff, um, the Carolina guys, I'm sorry, Baker, Car- Darnold, no, no. Mariota, no. Jameis Winston we were on the fence with, right? Right. I mean, I don't know, Rob. The key looked good last year in in a small sample size, but the last full season he was a starter. I think he led the league in picks and pick sixes. And then they dumped him and then got Brady and won the Super Bowl. And I I just, I don't know that, I can't confidently say Winston, like you don't know what you're getting with him, right? He's a grab bag. I, I just, can't, I, do you have confidence in him? Listen, the offensive line's good. The receivers have been upgraded. But like, where, do you, where are you on Winston, Rob? Yes or no?
2: Uh, if I have to say one, I'm going to say no. Because that I think be. I think if if he was a st- legitimate starting quarterback, then there would not have been a Tom Brady flirtation in the first place in Tampa Bay. Yeah, you know that never would have happened. And if Jameis Winston was definitively a starting NFL quarterback, the Taysom Hill experience never would have happened. Yes, last Ooh, season. Good problem, you man. know what I mean? Um, the only one I think that I will push back on you a little bit is Justin Fields, and now I, we haven't. <laughs> and, and, and no, I all was there, waiting for you to say Trey Lance. I'm like, what we no, talk about. no. I think I, Justin. Okay. Fields. We obviously have not seen anything that makes you think, as of right now, that he's definitely a starting quarterback. However, if you're going to give a guy like Trevor Lawrence a benefit the benefit of the doubt, then Justin Fields the, deserves the two.
1: Oh my uh, God! Hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. What? How many quarterbacks went before Fields in the draft? Didn't a lot of teams pass on him? Right. Yes. I mean, Lawrence went one. Uh, Trey Lance, who we'll talk about, went three. Zach Wilson went two. Uh, Mac Jones. Was uh, oh okay, Fields was a fourth quarterback off the board at 11, so he did go before Mac Jones. I I take that back. Um, but continue. Well, well, the the
2: reason being is that Chicago Bears offense was terrible, like they they were relying on a breakout season. And what this is like third or fourth season for David Montgomery, like you don't that doesn't normally happen for running backs where they just all of a sudden get good overnight. Allen Robinson was hurt most of the season and indifferent the other half. Like he just wasn't, he had no interest in being there. Their offense was terrible. There's a reason why there's a whole regime change in, in that in Chicago. So you, it's hard to say definitively yes or no on him yet. I think he's more of a to be determined. What's different between him and Trey Lance though is that Jimmy Garoppolo, who I think is wildly mediocre, I know we disagree on that. I think he's just he's like. The, the definitive middle-of-the-road quarterback. And with him, they're a Super Bowl-caliber team. When Trey Lance was in there, that team looked like it might win four games last season in those that very limited sample size we saw on Trey Lance. He did not look ready at all. And you can't say, oh, well, he had a, a bad offense around him. He didn't have weapons. It's like they definitely had more than enough. Debo Samuel just got paid. George Kittle is arguably the, the best tight end in football. They have a, a, one of the best running games in the entire league. Like there's there's no excuses as to why you shouldn't be at least you know reasonably successful with that team around you, and he looked terrible in the in those two games he was in.
1: It's weird. You brought up Lance, and I was gonna say if Garoppolo were the starter, my list would have seven yeses because I think Garoppolo is a guy. Now is he great? No, but he's like I would would definitely over Jalen Hurts, definitely over Ryan Tannehill. Uh, um, I would take him over Mac Jones. Um, Yeah, I, I, I think it's – Trey Lance is the tough one, not Fields, because, listen, Kyle Shanahan, all he does is kind of put together good numbers on quarterbacks. I know he doesn't win a lot in the regular season because of injuries, but Kyle Shanahan is pretty damn good. And there's a chance Trey Lance comes out and is uh, making me look like an ass clown here <laughs> with a monster season. That's possible. And, oh, by the way, Debo Samuel – Finally, they got him happy. Three years, $73.5 million. I think he had fifty, what, 58 58, milk, fifty-eight guaranteed. So he got paid. There was a brief moment there where the, I thought the Jets could have got Debo Samuel, um, which would have been nice for Zach Wilson, but did not materialize. Um, and Lance has good weapons. When, you, when your starting point is, oh, we've got Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk is a solid two, and George Kittle is a top three tight end in the league. Maybe top two. Maybe number one. Uh, you're going to have some options to be successful. The problem, of course, is the offensive line. But I guess, Rob, to my larger point, 11 s- definite quarterbacks in the AFC, six in the NFC, 17 of 32. Well, I, I mean, uh, listen, I, I didn't know there'd be math this early on the podcast, but 17 out of 32 is what, like 55%? Half the league is missing a, a surefire starter. I, I Listen, there's a reason the Jets haven't had a franchise quarterback in forever. It's really tough to find one. I, I honestly thought Mark Sanchez was going to be the guy after two years and four playoff wins. Now I work with him at Fox, and <laughs> I'm sure guys from his draft class are still playing. Um, but and anyways, that, that that's a lot of NFL here. Um, I, I, I do really think bright things are ahead for Zach Wilson. I just I don't know with that schedule if he's going to be able to pull it off. And yes, Rob, I have to always crowbar the Jets in. Um Moving away from the NFL, real quick. I, I don't know, to, Rob. You, you're a producer of the stars. The Odd Couple later today. I'm, I'm assuming you guys open with Bill Russell and Broussard does a long soliloquy as to why Russell's the top ten player. I don't know. Uh, Bill Russell had a great career, a great life. He was a great human. I just don't know how I work him into the podcast. Like, what do we say? Like, I, I don't know. I'm not good with that sort of thing.
2: Um, you know what? This is what I'll say about Bill Russell. Bill Russell, we throw the word legend around a lot in sports, you know, pick whoever your favorite guy who's either retired or recently retired. And you're like, oh, well, he was a legend. Well, Bill Russell is your favorite players, like favorite player. Like he's that kind of guy in the pantheon of NBA greats,
1: not uh, just be wait, wait, no. wait. your, your favorite players, favorite player. Yes. That, that means for me, Steph Curry. I did see he posted about Bill Russell there, on see, his social media. See. But I don't think that's his favorite player. Well, but what I'm saying a is— good qu- I need to ask him who his favorite player is. <laughs> that's a great question. Like, I want to know who— I mean, he might just say his dad or something. Yeah. Um,
2: but but anyways, he I'm might saying. say Seth. Um, but what I'm saying is, like, it, it's it's one thing to have the winning. Because, you know, obviously that's part of the lore of Bill Russell. You know, 11 championships and, you know, the, the winning as a player and as a coach. I think one time he won as a player coach, which is awesome. LeBron can never do that. Uh but Jeez, what I now, just playing dig, it, dig I'm at Dig it. LeBron just, just, just in August 1st, I'm never just, stops. Rob. Just kidding. Unbelievable. But, but, but the other thing is I know that nowadays it's very popular. It's very chic to be socially aware and, and to comment on social issues. And that's fine. You know, like there a lot of guys, you can, I, I, I encourage anyone who has a platform. It's something they really believe in. Go ahead and speak up on it. The difference though, between players now, athletes now and what bill russell did is that bill russell was in it like we we say how things are bad now we deal with a lot of issues bill russell came up during like the height of the civil rights movement and there's a lot of books and articles written about what he had to deal with he'd go on road trips come back to his house being trashed people spray painting the n-word inside of his bedroom yeah. uh, people defecating on his bed on his bed sheets because he was a powerful influential successful black man at a time when that was not something that the country was ready for and not only did he deal with that with grace and and civility but he, to the original point he won at an incredible rate and and there's a reason why so many I mean, you brought up chris broussard um he he'll he'll Shoehorn ways to get Steph Curry into his top ten all time, you know, because that's he's a big Steph Curry guy. And he'll he'll remove guys like Will Chamberlain, even though Will Ch- the the NBA record books might as well be called the encyclopedia of Wilt Chamberlain, you know, just because he just dominated the record books. But he can't he can't replace Bill Russell. It's easy for him to take out Will Chamberlain, his numbers, even though by every statistical measure, you know, Jerry West says, hey, I think that. Uh, Will Chamberlain was a better scorer, better defender, better rebounder, probably better passer. But if I had to pick one guy, I'm picking Bill Russell. Oh, and, and and that that's just the 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 aura about him, and it's why even as a Laker fan, I can appreciate Bill Russell. It's why I can't think of any person, past or present, who has anything negative to say about him. And I think mm-hmm. that's why, when like I said, when we talk about the word legend, that is legend personified.
1: Yeah, no no doubt about it. I'm trying to look, because you got me down this darn rabbit hole, into their matchups in the finals when, of course, it's like, oh, Russell killed him, murdered him head-to-head. It wasn't even close. Uh, for instance, 1964. Wilt against Russell. 4-1, San Francisco, Celtics get destroyed. Or Celtics destroy them. Here's the Celtics starting five. Sam Jones, Havlicek, Heinsohn, Russell. And... Somebody named Tom Sanders. Or maybe it was Casey Jones. Yeah, Casey Jones looks like he was the other starter. Here are the Warriors starters. Wilt, Guy Rogers, Al Adels, Nate Thurmond, Tom Meshery. Like, you've never heard of them. Well, I've heard of Nate Thurmond because I played NBA 2K. Um, I, I, like, Wilt never had a chance because he was outgunned in all those. You know, like, once you, break, once you start to really break them down... I mean, he, Wilt was getting the Lakers there every year. Not the Lakers. He was getting teams to the finals. He just couldn't take out. It was like one on five, you know? I, I, it was not fair. You look at the size, and I guarantee you, Rob, if the teams were equal, Wilt would have ate his lunch head-to-head. Head. And, and that's not me saying Russell is nothing. Obviously, Russell was a great all-time player, and the stuff he did off the court actually mattered more. I mean, the size, the, the skill well, of Will okay. was unbelievable.
2: Let me just sneak it. I know we got to wrap it up pretty soon, but let me sneak this in. You could make that same argument about LeBron James versus Steph Curry because I know everybody talks about, While well, the Warriors were a super team. It's like if you were to go to a park here in Venice Beach, here in Southern California, and I have LeBron, Kevin Love, Kyrie Irving, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson. Do you, uh, do you mean to tell me that the Cavs aren't going to have 3 of the first 4 guys picked?
1: Okay, timeout. LeBron had Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love. Yeah. And Draymond Green it was it was a nobody. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Is if you if you're
2: just going based on talent and and abilities, you would say that the Cleveland Cavaliers had better players. But there's something to be said about what Steph Curry and those Warriors could do as as a unit, as a team, as a collective and the the sun with which all that revolves around was Steph Curry, and that's the same argument that you'd have in favor of Bill Russell versus bill Chamberlain. It's, well,
1: then, then if people want to get granular, well, what about the year Kyrie Irving got hurt in Game One, and Kevin Love was already out? Then it was LeBron against the world, and then again um, then Kyrie Irving left, and you know uh, it was LeBron and J.R. Smith. And it, ah, damn it, Rob, I'm
0: it's sorry. It's
1: August. We don't need. I I actually would rather talk about the MLB trade deadline than the NBA historical stuff. Can we quickly do MLB trade deadline? Let's do it.
0: You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on-and-off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Vredestein test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be.
5: The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world.
2: To start listening.
0: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
1: Because I saw Otani could get moved. And I, Rob, I swear, I've been to several Dodgers games, a bunch of playoff games. When I heard Otani could get traded, I'm like, man, aren't they bailing early? What is this, year two? Year three of the Otani experience? Rob's like, what are you talking about? This is year five. And I was like, holy cow, I had to look up the stats. This is year five. One year was like wiped out uh, because of injury. Um, but essentially, the Angels find themselves way out of the mix for any play. I mean, they, they're down 11 in the wild card chase with like 50 games or 60 games left. They got no chance. Otani is their best player worth a ton. Mike Trout ain't taking him anywhere. Maybe it makes sense to sell Otani high, get a boatload of prospects, and retool for the next one. I mean, if you're trading Otani, you might as well trade Trout too, right? Now that's really gonna—it's gonna be tough to sell tickets without those two guys. I—I I mean, Trout feels like an angel. Otani's kind of an import to the Angels. I don't know, man. It—it it, it seems tough, but I'm stunned that this is the fifth year of Otani. Maybe a lot of it has to do with COVID, and it kind of just, like, sprinted by. Or he won Rookie of the Year. I mean, he wasn't playing close to 162 games. And last year was really the year he popped, playing almost every game. Um, The 46 home runs, MVP, you know, the guy's a superstar. And this year, same deal, he's a juggernaut. I don't know, Rob, I'm I'm actually thinking it's kind of smart to trade him
2: absolutely we we talked about this before we started recording as great as otani is and you have guys like uh i think it was jd martinez said he's gonna win the next five mvps because you just can't duplicate what he does both as a pitcher and as a hitter even if he's having a quote-unquote down year this season as uh, as a hitter he's better as a pitcher than he was during his mvp season last year the problem though and you kind of alluded to this is that the angels suck like it, there's you can't say oh they're a middling franchise, you know, they're they're mediocre. No, like they are bad. They are 20 plus games back in the division of the Houston Astros. They are 11 games back in the wild card and there's now two wild card teams. Like that they're just terrible. And and to your point about trading Mike Trout, that actually might sound like a good idea because I think you might be able to get a more like it's more realistic to trade Trout than Otani at this stage in their careers given Trout's injuries. However, the biggest problem that the Angels face is that both Mike Trout and Rendon, who was their other big free agent acquisition, have no trade clauses. Oh. So you are stuck either extending Shohei Otani at like 40 to 50 million dollars a season, which is going to be his going market rate when he hits free agency and paying $140-plus forty plus million for three guys to not make the playoffs, mm. or you bite the bullet and say, this is going to suck, I'm going to hate it, I'm going to lose a lot of fans, whatever fans I did have in Los Angeles, and I'm going to have to trade Otani, get multiple pitching prospects, because that's where the biggest problem is, their pitching sucks, and hope for the best. Because what you're doing right now, it's kind of like in the NBA, you know, with uh, uh, Brad Beal or, or Damian Lillard. It's like, yeah, we can be 35-win team and maybe sneak into the playoffs, but you're not going right. to win anything. Yeah, And it, it, it behooves you at this point to cash in your chips, trade your big-ticket item, get a bunch of smaller contracts, prospects, and hope in two or three years you can turn things around where you're a legitimate every-season annual playoff team.
1: So this question just hit me as you were explaining that. Who do you think? And now you got to put on an Angels shirt and an Angels hat, and you know pretend like Wally Joiner is your favorite player. Who would you? Who would you be more sad about if they were traded? If you're an Angels fan, Otani or Trout? Trout. Why?
2: Because they grew up with Trout. Like you said, Otani's been an well. You know, is literally an import because he came from overseas. Right. But Mike Trout came up through their system. He's been their guy for a decade plus and to your point otani had a great rookie season he was okay a second year out for an entire season and then the all-star year so you really only have like three years of feeling attached to otani and everything that Mm -hmm. he's meant to your team mike trout was an mvp candidate for like seven straight years or something stupid like that Uh,
1: again it's just tough for me as an outsider. It's easy for me to hear that. Like he was an MVP candidate for seven years. Well, so what? That's in the past. We're looking to the future. Like I know, I know that's a cold and callous way of looking at it, but that's the reality. Again, I'm not an angels fan. I did just text my buddy. And this guy is like a real angels fan who, when, you know, a bunch of dads are hanging out, Rob, someone will be like, um, you think we could get them to put the Dodgers game on TV? This guy's such an angels fan. So he'll go, who's that? Like, he just pretends like the Dodgers don't even exist. <laughs> he's really funny with that. And he's a huge Angels fan, so I texted him. I don't know if he'll reply, but I, I, I thought he would say maybe Otani because right now, in the moment, like, Trout was yesterday's news, kind of. Otani is the now. I don't want to give up on the now. If, if you could get a package for Trout, but like you said, no trade clause, that's rough. I, I, the, the Soto situation, and Soto, obviously, the, the superstar with the Nationals, you know, they win the World Series with him. Guy's a beast. They offered him a billion dollars not not a, literally a billion but a, a ton of what oh is it 500 million some, almost some just, just under them. half
2: a billion yep
1: right and he was like, yeah no no thanks I'm good uh, trade me and the Nationals I believe have the worst record in baseball they have by a country mile the worst point differential uh oh sorry run differential in the in major League Baseball they are a flaming dumpster fire like it makes sense to trade Soto. And I know Nationals fans are probably outraged, but again, this isn't the NBA. You know, this this isn't even a quarterback in the NFL. Like, no one guy is going to carry you through 162 games and the playoffs. It really has to be an effort of man. You got to have a staff. You got to have three or four core batters. You know, like I, I, I just I, I'm not as surprised about the Soto situation. Are you? No, and you know what
2: sucks? I I feel I know a couple of National fans. Um which is odd, you know, living in Southern California, I know a couple. But what sucks is that if you go back, you know, a few years now, like, they had those core star. They won a World Series, you know, but yeah, they had— this is like
1: four years ago, yeah, right? Yeah,
2: they had Bryce Harper, you know, Max Scherzer, Trey Turner, Juan Soto. I think—I'm I, I, not 100% sure, but I think Rendon was a Nationals guy before he got yes, to the Angels. He was, yep. And so they had all the star players that we're talking about. They had the built-up roster— that that looked as good as or, or on the come up as, as much as any team in baseball. And to your point, if if it the second you lose one of those guys, or in this case four of them, and you realize that as good as Juan Soto is, and he can be, you know he's having a down year this year, it doesn't one guy's not gonna make a difference. Yeah. For your team. So if I'm the Angels or in this case the Nationals as much as it kind of hurts to do this, I'm calling up the Dodgers right now and saying, "You have the best farm system. Give me 4 of your best players. Give me, you know, Cody Bellinger, give me whoever." And I'm giving you one of these supremely talented players.
1: Mm. A lot of Cody Bellinger jerseys every time I go to a Dodgers game. Um he's he's kind of a beloved Dodger. By the way, did you see the the kid on the Dodgers Sunday first major league at bat? And he hit it out of the park. And, of course, his family was in the stadium recording it. Yeah, it's a great – that seemed – like, listen, we always talk about living the dream and, like, the stuff dreams are made of. That's legitimately it. You get to the bigs, nervous as hell, you step up to the plate, and you go yard in your first at-bat. That's pretty awesome. Jason,
2: before Uh, you wrap up, can I tell you what happened my very first varsity football game on the second play of the game?
1: Were you like a freshman playing varsity because no, you were like I, I a big was, time recruit? Uh,
2: no, my first game starting was as a junior.
1: Okay. You know, wow, you, that's you, pretty good. You,
2: you want to know what happened?
1: Wait, wait, hold on. Where? The linebacker, right? Yes. Well, Like outside, inside? Outside, were you a thumper? Outside. Are you like I, a Brian Urlacher? No. No, not, you're like that, a sideline to sideline def- Yeah,
2: definitely not that tall. Uh, I, okay. I, I would compare myself more to like a, a Troy Paul Amali but playing in the box. <laughs> like that. that's where I was at. But let let oh me let God. me tell you the, that may be the funniest line you've seen. Exactly. So in the, three. the Dodger guy gets. So wait, let's envision this:
1: uh, Troy Palomalu, A.K.A. Rob. Yes. Okay. First game as a varsity starter. First, had you played any varsity before?
2: Uh, I had gotten some special teams work, but that was my first game as a starter under the bright lights. You know, Friday okay. night lights, right? So the this season guy, opener. Yes. So this okay. guy with the Dodgers hits a home run his first at bat. My second yeah. play from scrimmage, no. I get de-cleated on a crackback block. And I'm oh. looking straight into the stands like, oh, my gosh, my head's spinning. That that was how different things went between me and that guy from the Dodgers. Wow. I was on my back looking up into the sky and the lights and everything like that. Did you see it coming? Did not see it coming at all. And then, oh, and then, no. And then the the safety who was behind me was like, oh, yeah, that was my bad. I should have called out crack. Oh, yeah, my <laughs> bad. dude. How, were you, do, do your parents
1: remember it or no?
2: Uh, My dad did. I know, but my, my mom, you know, I don't think she realized how embarrassing a play like that is. She was like, oh, he went down. Like, I don't think she realized. But did you
1: pop up or were you down for a minute? Training no, I, I stood out?
2: up right away. But like if anyone who plays football, just because you stand up doesn't mean you're like there. So I was definitely spinning for the next play and a half. For Oof. sure. No so smelling like salts like there The huh? very next play, they run to the right side. I'm kind of just
1: watching it happen. I'm not really wow. pursuing it. barely anything. partaking. Oh, Rob, I like these football stories. We may need more of them. Uh, I'm sure the audience will love those. Uh, all right, that's a longer than we thought Monday podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll talk to you then.